Thank you. Oh, loud. Um, hope everybody's doing well tonight. Um, so tonight is part five of the Cultivating Culture series. And you know that we talked about, for those that were here or those that have been watching online, uh, you know that we covered welcome, evangelism, disciple making, worship last week. And tonight we'll be talking about culture of sevenhood. And the reason we talk about these five subjects is we really wanted these things in the heart of yeah. all the church family. That's right. Because as a church, we believe that God has individually equipped us so that we can achieve His purpose, not only in our lives, but worshipping God, but also fulfilling our role in the church and also serving the community which we live in. Yeah. And I believe we all live in different communities, but I'm sure God is equipping you to be able to serve that community. And the reason we believe this is uh, obviously a verse in the Bible, and we'll start with Ephesians 1.23. It says, The church you see is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. Mm. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks, he acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. So in other words, what we're saying is we want God to equip you, the church, to be able for you to worship God, yeah. to be able to be part of the church in his body, but also to serve the community. So there's a powerful way of being part of a church community so that you can reach not only the community. Someone once said, if you want to reach nations, start by reaching fathers. And after you've reached fathers, that means you can start to reach families. And once you've reached families, you'll be able to reach communities. Once you reach communities, then you can reach a city. Once you reach a city, then you're able to reach a nation. So there's something about you and the community you represent. And we want God to speak. We want God to touch the community through your life. Yes. So I'm going to tell you a bit of a story. Um, I found this on the internet, so I'm not 100% sure how true it is. But in 1962, JFK, uh, our president, uh, John F. Kennedy, visited NASA. And as he was walking around, he met a janitor who was carrying a broom. And then he said, so what do you do for NASA? And the guy says, oh, I put men on the moon. Huh, okay. You are carrying a broom, and you're telling me you put men on the moon. Interesting. I think the janitor knew something that most of us would struggle with. Yeah. And we struggle with the purpose of the work that we do. But this guy realized that by him cleaning the building, him taking out the trash, him making sure the bath bathrooms, the hallways are clean, he was not only enabling the engineers, the scientists, the astronauts to focus on their mission. So sometimes when you connect your job to the bigger purpose, it's no longer just being a janitor. 
Yeah. It's putting men on the moon. Yeah, good. So his contribution was quite key for NASA in that sense, and he had the right to say, I'm putting men on the moon. So the question for us tonight is, what is your contribution to your local church? What is your contribution to your community? Mm. 1 Peter 4.10 As each one has received a gift, use it to serve one another as stewards of God's varied grace. So everyone has got a gift because the Bible has just told us that. And your gift is desperately needed in the body of Christ, no matter where you serve. Um, and it's critical, one, to advance God's mission. It's also critical to make sure everything that we're trying to reach, like I said, our community, families, our nations, it needs your gift. But imagine your gift connected with mine, connected with others, what we can achieve and what we can do yeah. to fulfill God's purposes. Right. So what I'm saying is there's no insignificant, I can't say that word, <laughs> insignificant ministries in the body of Christ. Some are visible, some are not visible, uh, some are behind the scenes, some are valuable, small, hidden, like tonight. There's so many people serving and I'm not just standing here on my own. Someone helped me to put this thing here. Someone is managing the sound. Someone is making sure whatever is recording me is working properly. So it's a team. But what you can see is just the one person here. But actually, there are so many jobs happening right now. So I want you to just bear that in mind. Ephesians 2.10. It says, it is God himself who has made us and we are, and who's made us what we are and given us new lives from Christ Jesus. Long ago he planned that we should spend these lives in helping others. So there's something about your life. Yeah. And if you're a believer, I think this morning Pastor Andrew was preaching about disciples, believers, followers, mm. and if you're one of those, then God created your life to serve others. Yeah. And in serving others is then being able to meet the needs of our community. But also interestingly, as you're meeting the needs of what the church needs to do, of what the community needs to do, God also meets your needs. Yeah. So when we started worship tonight, I was almost in tears because the story I'm going to tell you, it's quite interesting because nearly 10 years ago, my younger brother died. Um, he would have turned 38 this year. And what was interesting was, 10 years back, I, we had we planted a student church. Mm. I wasn't a student, but I thought, you know what, I'm just going to help out. So I would go help out with the chairs, whatever was needed. And interestingly, one of the songs they used to sing is the first song we sang tonight, Cornerstone. Wow. Yeah. So fast forward, out of the blue, I received a call from my mother, screaming her head off. What's up, mum? Your brother is no more. Oh, my word. Mm. 
within a couple of hours of that, I get a call from um, my mum's pastor because she got the different church. We don't live in the same area. And he's like, your parents are broken. And because your brother died abroad, we need you to go and organize everything. I'm like, I don't do that. I've never done anything. But I found myself in that situation. And I had to get on a flight, go to a place who didn't speak English for starters. They spoke a different language. And I had to navigate all of those things. But the interesting thing was in my weakness, in my confusion, in my pain, guess what kept me going? Yeah. Yeah. I started to remember, I may be weak, I can't really sing. <laughs> I may be weak, but the spirit is strong in me. Yeah. Cornerstone, the weak made strong. Yeah. Through the storm, he's my anchor. Yeah. So what's interesting for me was when I thought I'm serving the student church, I found out in my times of greatest need, every message, every song I was singing in the student church is what kept me going. And today I can stand and tell you this story, not breaking down, not because I'm any stronger, but because I know that in my weakness I can say I'm strong. Because when I'm serving in God's house, it's not only me giving, it's God putting in, in me what I need to have. So, serving is best used, um, is the best use for our lives. Mm -hmm. And if we read uh, 1 Corinthians 15 56, I'm going to be reading lots of verses. And uh, it says, Keep busy in your work for the Lord, mm -hmm. since you know that nothing you do in the Lord's service is ever without body. And I think I've just demonstrated that to you. That when I thought I was giving to the student church, actually, I was the one receiving in greater measures than I can compare. And today, I can look back and think, wow, if I had been doing that, how would I have coped with the situation that was going on? So, when we come to God's house, we don't want a few people doing everything. It's okay they do everything, because they are being blessed. But actually, we want an opportunity for all of us yeah. to be blessed, for all of us to, 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 to have what God has got for us. Yeah. And we are not trying to earn God's blessing, but because you're part of a group of people who are passionate about Christ, and there's something interesting about God, you can never outgive Him. Yes. Every time you think you're giving him more, really you find that he's gracious and he gives you yeah. amazing things in your life. Yeah. Um, I read a story uh, recently, and um, which says um, apparently in China, when new people have arrived, they've given their lives to Christ. This is what they're saying: Jesus now has a new pair of eyes in which to see. He has a new set of ears for listening the two new hands wish to help, and the new heart for loving others. So not only are you God's eyes, are you God's feet, are you His ears, are you His hands in your congregation, but you have a crucial role of helping. Because Jesus is not going to turn up in person to your friends. He needs you. He needs your voice. He needs your hands. He needs whatever you've got so that He can reach those around us. And when we use our gift that God has given us, yeah. then we can do 
amazing things. Yeah. And you have jumped one verse in case you're thinking what happened. <laughs> so this week has been Men's um, Health Week for those that keep up with health events. And they came up with a challenge called the Can Do Challenge. So C stands for Connect, A uh, stands for Active, and Notice, D, Discover, uh, or um, Offer, so Can Do. Right. And one of the things they were encouraging men to do for their well-being was you need to connect. Because apparently, when you connect, Good relationships are important for your mental health. Yeah. They help you build a sense of belonging, self-worth. They give you opportunity to share positive experiences. Yeah. They provide emotional support and allow you to serve others. And they say, think of the people around you as the cornerstones of your life and invest time in developing them. Building these connections will support and reach you every day. So this is just energies, just you know, this is what men need to be doing, or everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Be active, I'm sure, I don't need to explain being active, it's <laughs> be active. And then notice, what they mean by notice was a word like meditation. And if you read in Psalms 1, 2 to 3, there's something about God's word, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. So I've started from verse 1. But it goes on to say, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, upon which he meditates day and night. Because he meditates on the law of the Lord, or on God's word, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers. And he will flourish, bear fruits in his own season. So there's something about meditating, particularly if you're meditating God's word, mm. it's amazing. Yeah. And Philippians 4.8 even goes on to say more things about whatever is holy, whatever is praiseworthy. I'm not going to go too much into that, but if some of you can write it down, you can then check it later. And then they talk about D, so can do on dinner. It says discover, keep learning. There's no place you can be discovering than in God's house. Because there's so much, there's a variety of tapestry, there's a variety of cultures. Church is one of the few places where people you would never expect to be in the same room. Mm. I guarantee if you're in church, you're going to find that and what a great place yeah. to discover and learn. Yeah. And the last one was talking about being able to offer or to give. And research suggests that acts of giving and kindness can help to improve your well-being and it will create a whole range of different things. So why am I telling you all this? I thought it's interesting because it's amazing that our church gives, gives us opportunities to serve. But actually, even in healthcare, they're telling you if you serve, it's good for your health. Yes. And in family church, we have a desire for everyone to be part of a connect group. What a better place to connect, to discover, to build relationships, and to do phenomenal things. So not only does the Bible say this, not only does our family church leaders say this, even the healthcare is telling you, and for some of you are thinking, why are you talking about, in, in, in a national, in two words, it's called social prescribing. Go find that out, it'll be very interesting. 
We can't talk about servanthood without mentioning Jesus Christ. Yeah. Because he is our greatest example. And John 13, verse 12, he talks about Jesus washing the disciples' feet and um, jumping, a few, uh, jumping a few sentences. He says, Do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right. For so I am. If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should also do just as I have done for you. So what example did Jesus set for us? John 3.16 He says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes him should not perish but have everlasting life. And 1 John 16 says, By this we know his love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives yeah. for the brothers. But anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him. How does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word, but in deed and in truth. Yes. So Jesus, he says, I lay down my life as the example he set. Respond to this. <laughs> I, I'm not ready to die. <laughs> On the cross. But Jesus was saying, as I follow Christ. Yes. So, what does the Bible say about responding? If we read Romans 12, verse 1, um, in Passion Translation, um, actually, I'm going to start with the message, then I'll come back to Passion Translation. Sorry, Andy. So, it says, So, here is what I want you to do God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, you're going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Right. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture so that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You will be changed from the inside out. Really recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the couch around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. And I like the partial translation because it kind of just answers it, especially on the best one, which says, Beloved friends, what should our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? To surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifice and live in holiness experiencing all that delights his heart for this becomes your genuine expression of worship i'm not going to say much about worship because last week we had a fantastic and i encourage you to watch that because then that can connect well to that so why am i saying all of this so it's quite interesting because 
anything in your life can be used to serve others. Anything you do, so long you set it in your mind. There's in God, what do you want to do with my life today? How can I be serving others? Then God can use that. So during the first lockdown, I, uh, my mother-in-law was staying with us. So we had a kind of a challenge of do we send her back home? Or do we let it stay with us? And we thought, you know what? Stay with us. Let's see what happens. <laughs> and uh, of course, during the first lockdown, um, my mother-in-law wasn't a Christian. And, but of course, she was visiting a Christian home. So now and again, I would come downstairs after finishing work and I would find my wife busy chit-chatting with her mom. And, sitting engrossed and before I knew it they were talking about the Bible doing everything else and sometimes I would just help to do the dishes do the garbage whatever it is sometimes I'm probably supposed to do the garbage all the time actually but in this case I seem to be helping rather than to be the one doing it all the time but the point I'm trying to make was by me doing those little things it enabled my wife Yang to spend more time with her mom and before we know it, her mom gave her life to Christ. Not only that, she got filled with the Holy Spirit. So by the time she went back home, she went being a born again, believe, believer, discipled, follower, full of the Holy Ghost. And she's been busy preaching the gospel, not only to her family, to everyone she sees. And guess what? I took a part in that. Yeah. And you're thinking, hang on, how do you mean you took a part in that? My mother-in-law doesn't speak good English. I don't speak good Cantonese. So how did I do that? <laughs> by me doing the dishes, by me helping with some of the housework, enabled my wife to do what she needed to do at that point and actually turn that in. Not only having the second family member giving her life to Christ, but actually now, having most of the family interested to know about God and what he's been doing. And to the point that my mother-in-law is like, can I come back again? Because why should I just stay in Hong Kong? Because I love being with you guys and learning God's word. Yeah. So what we're saying is, nothing you do is ever too small to, for God to do what he needs to do. Just like the janitor, I was just washing the dishes but actually, I was getting people connected to their Savior. Yeah. So what gifts, what contribution do you bring, which might be just, well, it's nothing. So when we go here tonight, some of the guys were helping out putting chairs. But actually, by doing that, you probably transformed their life. Because someone came here thinking, oh, I'm so tired. Imagine if they came in, there's no chair. Already that might not even help them connect with the Savior. So there's something about everything that we do, no matter how small, it will be useful. The family church leaders desire to lead by example, and we know that most of our, uh, all our church leaders, rather than most, all our church leaders, uh, they serve by example. And it's important because it's harder just for someone just to say to you, do something. So for example, when I think of our pastor, Pastor Stuart, 
there's no job you're going to do in family church is never done. <laughs> and not only that, sometimes he's the first guy in the setup, he's the last guy in the building, but he's also the guy who's going to stand on the pulpit to preach God's word. So for me, what a phenomenon leader that I can follow because there's something about the serving. So for me, this is the challenge for you. If your leader can do all of those things, ask them, what, what's the point of all this serving? Why, why do you do that? And maybe like the janitor, he'll be able to help you connect the small gift you're able to give to the bigger vision. Because the bigger vision is whatever you do, Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. Because you don't know anything small you're going to do. You don't know how it's going to transform people's yeah. life. Andy, I'm sorry, I've just completely gone off the verses. <laughs> um, Galatians 5.13 It says, For you are called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. So how are you going to use your freedom? I love, you know, reading different speeches and everything else. And one of the famous speeches was also done by J.F. Kennedy, funny enough. I don't know why I keep, keep picking on that guy. But one of the things he was talking about he made a famous speech about what Americans needed to do, calling them to service for them to do what they needed together. And I think Obama did something similar, where he was doing, saying, yes, we can. So I put uh, a call out or a response statement for you guys. It says, ask not what the church will do for you, because you are the church. But what we together as his church, as Christ's body, can do for the freedom of my uncle, the freedom of his sister, the freedom of his parents, the freedom of, you know, her family members. How are we going to get together to be able to bring freedom because by us giving our lives to Christ the Bible as we've read it says it was for freedom that Christ set us free he gave his life he saved us and for us how are we going to use our gifts together to be able to reach out our loved ones because we all have loved ones and you know in this pandemic it's a shame because some of them have died without giving their life to Christ. So how can we get our gifts together to be able to reach those that need to be reached? Because if you're one person, uh, there's something called synergy. If you're one person, you can reach as many people as you can. Yeah. But when you're two, suddenly that multiplies more than that. Yeah. And I think, uh, I haven't put this best down, but I think the Bible says one can reach a thousand and two can reach 10,000. Right. So there's something about us getting together, combining our strength, so that we can be able to reach not only the lost, 
but to be able to share the freedom that we have with others. Yeah. And it needs me and you, our gifts together, so that not only would we need to reach our families, but we can reach nations. Yes. But we can do that through synergy. Right. And some of you might say, well, as you don't understand, I don't have time. That might be true. I don't know what I will do. I don't have any special skills to contribute. They don't need me. But the reality is, the Lord doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. So, God is not looking for someone who's got all the skills because the gift is already given you is your freedom. And you might have strength. Some of you have got the brains. Some of you are good with the fingers to play the keyboard. Some of you are good with your voices. All you need to do is to bring who you are. I think Smudge last week said, worship is bringing your authentic self. That's always being asked of you. Right. Because when you bring your authentic self, then God is going to equip you and God is going to place you where He needs you to be. God loves you so much. And when we talk about serving, it's not about you trying to gain His love or you trying to benefit. God just loves you. And what better way of showing back your love to God by bringing your authentic self to the table. Yeah. Thank you and I pray that God blesses you. That was really good. Thank you, Ezra. Thank you for sharing those uh, those brilliant words this evening. Uh, and like Ezra said, um, our desire is to have everyone in a connect group, everyone serving on a team, um, because actually there is something for everyone. It's the most fulfilling way to live, as Ezra was explaining through his word there. It's such a, I don't, it would be so unfulfilling if there weren't people to serve in life, wouldn't it? Um, and that's how God's designed us. He's made us to, to, to give out. Um, and I love that as well, that um, correlation between uh, what God expects of us and also um, what is good for your mental well-being as well. Um, uh, because it all, I mean, that's how God made us. He, he knows us inside and out, doesn't he? Uh, physically, spiritually, the soul, the emotions and the will and everything, uh, God designed us this way. So thanks, Ez, that's so good. Um, so just before we close off tonight, both on screen and in person, um, so Paula said earlier, this is our last Sunday night local, oh. <laughs> however, uh, worship night uh, will be, the I think it's the 1st of August, the first Sunday night of August, and it will be once a month on the first Sunday of the month, and that's the plan for the coming months, so that means the first Sunday of January, which is the 2nd of January, will be a worship night here at the Empower Centre. This place, in Jesus' name, will be filled with people and we will be committing the year to the Lord on that Sunday night. So that's exciting. Uh, and I can't remember what you said about Sunday mornings, uh, about the field. Did you mention that? 
No, right. So, so for the next four Sundays, so we've all got the information. Of course, you have got the information if you actually read your emails from me. Uh, but I'm not going to talk about that because it just makes me mad. <laughs> um, so, uh, so for the next four Sundays, we're going to be meeting at 12 o'clock at the school, Family Church on the Field. Yeah, Sunday the 27th, there will be no... Oh, pardon? No, we're going to be meeting on the field on Sunday the 27th. Uh, there'll be no kids' church on the 27th. We're going to be 12 o'clock on the field at the school. And then on the 4th, 11th and 18th of July, we're going to be on the field with kids' church running as well. Okay, so that'll be the preschool group, the infant age and the junior age groups. Ignition, the youth group, will be with us on the field as well. And then from the 25th of July, we hope to then move inside the building. So, guess what I would like you to pray for, please, for the next four weeks? <laughs> no rain, just no rain. And good weather would be really nice too, but definitely no rain. So, so that's the plan. And that means that we can all gather. There's no registration needed for the next four Sunday afternoons, 12 o'clock services. Uh, the reason we're doing 12 o'clock is so we don't annoy the neighbours too much uh, with the noise that we're going to make. Um, but uh, there'll be no registration needed. We can all turn up. When you get there, the hosting team will uh, then direct you to an area on the field which will have a maximum of 30 people in it. And um, we still have to maintain social distancing between households. But the great news is that we don't have to wear face masks and we can sing. So we're really looking forward to doing that. Um, so, yeah, there'll be more information coming probably tomorrow via email. So, hey. <laughs> Open, <laughs> read, and then you know what's going on. All right, cool. Um, so that's it for tonight. God bless you all. Um, we dearly, dearly love you. And we are just so thankful to God that we've, we're coming out of this season into the next and the new 